Welcome to Real You, it's Mark. Um, we're going to have another podcast on the subject of the humanity of God. Um, I'm really enjoying the subject and this topic, and I'm seeing some really cool stuff. We we talked about um, last time, um, if you're chronologically following these podcasts, we talked last time about how I was in Denver and... I heard these words at the communion table one day on a Friday morning prayer, and it says, "If you and he told me, I felt he told me that if you can't see me broken, then you'll really not never see me." That was the idea I've got. He said, "If you can't see me broken, then you can't. You're not allowed to see me at all." In other words, if you, the impression that I got is that you have to, if you can see me broken then you can see me for who I really am. In other words, you can dis- you can go in through the brokenness to see the glory or that was the idea that I got and so in and in in talking about this subject of the humanity of God, I I understand now more and more now what he was trying to say was you have to experience and know me through the natural to the spiritual. In other words, the humanity of God dictates the reality of the divinity of man or in other words my ability to become like him and we do this through the realm of revelation and revelation is an eye-opening or a mind eye-opening event to uh, reveal something from that realm into our realm and it comes within through our spirit and it's a um, revelation or unveiling um of the reality of who he is and and sometimes this revelation is about others and sometimes through the gifts you know supernatural things about others you know but the reality is you you know what is the revealed purpose for them you're seeing the glory or the reality of them the word revelation in um in the greek sometimes is is um defined as apocalypsis or which we get apocalypse or our eschatology eschatology there we go is is a lot of our revelation is related to futuristic events but in the early fathers the the revelation is an unveiling of who he is now to us the reality and i want to see him and learn to know him outside of my current um, processes outside of my current knowledge and understanding but yet it's difficult because my current knowledge and understanding creates a filter if you will to see in this this realm in God that he wants to show me and so when you go into a new level of revelation of who he is and who he is to you and who you are in him, when you come to that place, many times it's um, contrary or contradictory to what you have learned up to this point. That's why it's so hard to get there because our our own human understanding, and, and it says very plainly in Proverbs, lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him. And what what's that what that is really saying is even even to the realm where you know like say you know who he is to you today. 
and you've been through a journey and a process and you have to process what you've been through and what you've learned in the process so you have experience in the revelation what's been revealed during the process and what you've been taught and you 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 mix this all together and you get a mind's eye revelation or a spiritual view of who God is to you right now um, but many of us are wanting to go to this next realm this next level and I try to help people all the time sometimes not always but sometimes when you're going to the next level or the next interpretation or the next in in you know the next revealing of the the next level in God for you or the next thing that he's going to reveal of himself to you it can be a, a very uh mental um event it's cata- it's i don't want to say catastrophic but mentally inside it can be very turmoiling and um, if you'd like for me to explain this to you, I certainly could, um, but I'm not going to do it right now. But if you read, if you read in the um, event of Mary, in that whole journey and process of seeing Him in a new place in a new realm at the tomb, then you understand what I'm talking about. And sometimes getting into a new revelation, it is um, contrary. Some some terms are contrary some are complementary but if it's something new it's astounding sometimes and sometimes it's hard to go to the new thing because we have get too familiar and comfortable with our where we're at which is we don't realize that once we've already claimed it it's already beginning to get old and uh, I don't know if that makes sense to you but it's making sense to me right now while I'm talking Today we're going to talk about the humanity of God in in the realm of in the in this we we left off talking about seeing Him for who He is, huh? And 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 I believe that God that God and who the God that we know the God we serve the God we trust and the and the revelation that we have of Him and what we've accumulated over the years and times and seasons what we've been taught we've we've formulated this uh, mental spiritual image in our mind's eye of who God is and the greatness and the glory and the and the whatever but I want to see him unfiltered I'm I'm I, I want to hear things I never heard see things I never saw because that's that's what Paul was praying for the people he said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding become a flash of light. You know, um, the eyes of your understanding be open, which actually one translation says, become a flash of light that you may know. In other words, perceive and come into a new realm. I remember, I believe it's Romans that says, I has not seen nor ear heard. It's even in, I believe, Isaiah, but nor even entered into the heart of man the things that God has for him. Well, what does he really have for us? Well, I'm here to tell you. It's him. <laughs> I mean, the things that he has for us is him. And uh, if you get him, you get the ministry, the blessings, the overflow. You get all that because it's him that we want. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm striving today, and I'm going to share a little bit about this humanity of God process and keep going because I'm enjoying it. Uh, we have three scriptures. One of them, the first one is 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. 
I love this. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that purif- that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he pures. In other words, you walk in the realm of purity in your revelation in direct response and reciprocation to the purity that you see in him. In other words, his purity in you. You're, you're going to manifest what you see him in you. If, you. if you see him in you as whatever level of purity, that's the purity that you're going to manifest. That's, how, that's what I'm trying to say here. And it says, when he shall appear or manifest... You shall manifest, and and I want to I want to see him unfiltered, and I want my perception to be um, in a realm of reality that that as he really is, so am I in this earth, and that's what that's where where we're going. It does not appear what we shall be. We don't understand the manifestation that we're supposed to manifest, but we know this: when he shall manifest, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Another scripture in this, before we get into the meat of what I want to say today, it's very familiar, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his, his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. The word know means to perceive, to understand, to be revealed, to have open faces, to see for real. And what I want to say here is, we say it all the time, um, you can't always know the power of his resurrection without being um, a part of his suffering. And so today and and talking about the humanity of God and seeing this this revelation and this realm of coming from a realm of um, knowing the humanity of God and that I may know him in his resurrection and and this and the sufferings you know and the fellowship of his suffering so for me to fully understand, perceive, and know that's what that word knows to to know perceive to understand to come to clarity of the power of this resurrection I've got to also be in fellowship with his suffering which is, which is his humanity side which is Jesus the Christ the hum, humanity of God is Jesus the son of man is Jesus and so today we're going to talk uh, before we go in, in Luke chapter 9 verse 28 and it says it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And they had done this many times, I'm sure. And when he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those that were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake, they saw his glory 
and they saw and the two men that stood with him and it came to pass as they departed from him peter said to jesus master it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles one for you one for moses one for elijah not knowing what he said and while he thus spake there came a cloud and overshadowed them and they feared as they greatly entered the cloud and there came a voice out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him and when the voice was passed jesus was found alone and they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen um a very familiar portion of scripture there we call it the mountain of of transfiguration um or it says as they prayed uh, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. Um, I love the fact that it says, and Peter and those that were with him were asleep. But it says, when they were awake, they saw his glory. And the men, the two men that was with him, that stood with him. Um, so obviously at some realm of of in the process of them sleeping let, let's let's just break it down here in the process of them sleeping the son of man you know the humanity of god was transfigured and altered or revealed as the son of god and they saw his glory now he was fully man yet fully God and he became all that we were without losing anything of he was the early father says and he is in all things yet contained by no thing but yet he has come in the form of the man but being thinking it not robbery to be equal with God Philippians says he made himself as a servant so they're coming up to the mountain and 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 what's funny about the story is that the Luke in Luke's writing we we don't know Luke writes this I'm and we don't know that um <laughs> he wasn't there um but yet it, it is a documented account and even it says in the scriptures but they didn't tell anybody well, obviously they told somebody, and obviously it was so real and relevant that he wrote it down exactly the way that they said it, and I believe it. And and so this is a this is a well, actually the whole the whole scriptures is a is a testimony and a story of our lives of their lives and the moment and their experience with the humanity of God with glimpses of of the divinity of God shining through and um as he was prayed his raiment was white and glistening and it was altered that word alter means another means change in addition to or in order and it it it, and it relates to the same um has the same um definitions as mark sixteen twelve, it says the two men were walking on the road to emmaus and there appeared and jesus appeared to them mark sixteen twelve, in another form in other words it was different 
than what they had seen. And while he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. It changed, and his raiment was white and glistening. And Moses and Elijah were there talking, which was the law and the prophets. So the two witnesses out of mouth of every, out of the mouth let let out of the mouth let every word be established out of the mouth with two witnesses. That's it. And there was Moses and Elijah on the mountaintop of transfiguration, which was the law and the prophets was was the law and the prophets was manifested and to testify of the glory of God on this mountain, which is a threefold the law, the prophets, and the glory of God, the thirty, the sixty, and the hundredfold. And they appeared in the glory and spoke of his decease. And Peter and then those that were with him were heavy with sleep. They were heavy with sleep. And it says, And then when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men. Now they had to walk up the mountaintop with the Son of Man so that they could fall asleep and wake up and see the Son of God. And so when we talk about this humanity of God, it is, it is imperative that we know him through, the, through Jesus, the Son of God, to get to the Christos, the manifest presence of God in our own life. They walked up with Jesus, Son of Man, which is the humanity of God. And they walked up into the high place, apart to pray. And there they experienced the full 30, 60, and 100-fold dimension and it was revealed after they were awakened because they fell asleep. And many of us uh, have followed Jesus to the mountaintop, the Son of Man. And many of us have fallen asleep, even following the Son of Man, the humanity of God. Because the Son of Man, humanity of God, is to get you to follow him to a place a high place and even in our high place of searching we have fallen asleep but I'm here to tell you that we are going to be awakened to the reality of the son of God we're going to see him in a way we've never seen it before it's going to be revealed to us in a way we've never been revealed before we are going to be awakened I believe that the church the body of Christ the kingdom people are being awakened right now because we have followed the Son of Man, the humanity of God, Jesus, up the transfiguration path. We've been ascending, and I'm seeing this right now, we've been ascending into a high place to where we were set alone to pray with him, yet fell asleep. And, and the disciples came to pray with Jesus, Son of Man, the humanity of God. And fell asleep, and we know that in we know that when Jesus was um, was arrested, he went into a garden of Eden. He went into a garden of Gethsemane, which means the place of the skull. Which I don't even have time to even go there, but he went to the place of the skull and sweat great drops of blood. And even there, the humanity of God in suffering, beginning his suffering journey to to be manifest and resurrected as the son of god in other words but the men that he took with him fell asleep and when they are awake they saw his glory so this is a story it's bigger than just going peter james and john going up the mountaintop it's a story of us the church the people of god 
following the Son of Man, the humanity of God. You have to follow because that's the portal to know him. You have to know Jesus, the Son, the, the Son of the manifested Son of God, the humanity of God, so you can know the S-O-N, the Logos, the, and manifest the rhema of God. I don't know if it's making sense, but I'm seeing it. And then it says, but then the disciples had fallen asleep. And for most tents and purposes, it, it feels sometimes somewhat that people are going through the motions. They're just sleeping. They're in a sleep state. I mean, they've, they've loved God. They follow Jesus. They serve him. They go, they do their Sunday morning thing. They pay their tithes. They try to be good moral people, but they're slowly fell asleep while following the son of the humanity of God. But I'm telling you that the law and the prophets manifested with the glory of God. When you get all this together, it awakens people and they see things different for first time in their life. They saw the son of God and they had been walking with the son of man. They, they, they had an idea that he was the son of God. They sort of been thinking about, you know, man, what manner of man is this? But yet it had not been revealed and manifested. And when they were awakened, they were awakened, and that word awakened is the only time this very term awake. It says, when they were awake, they saw his glory. It's the only time in the whole book that this word is used. It's only used one time in the New Testament at, to this degree. It means to watch through, to remain awake, to be fully awake. It's the only time that, that it, this word is used is when the disciples were fully awakened, when they were totally awakened, when they were totally what I call enlightened or um, awake, they saw the glory of God. The word awakened to me today, it reminds me of the prodigal son in Luke 15, I think, and he, and he went out and we all know the story, but what we don't talk about the story we talk about we talk a lot about the wastefulness, the slowfulness, um, the sinfulness, and it's been well documented the sinfulness of the prodigal son. But but there's very few uh, revelators of the awakening of the son, which led him back to the father. And the awakening it literally says of the prodigal son in that story you can go read it the awakening says and he came to himself which means he was awakened and paul used this this um terminology over and over like um you know to be awake so awakened for me when the disciples were awakened it is a higher form of the born again experience all right to be awakened or enlightened is the highest form of the born again experience let me break it down for you see if it makes sense and if if it don't that's all right um this is just where i'm at now in our culture when we first come to god we get saved and romans calls it you know save being salvation it's a salvation experience it means to acknowledge our need for saving to realign our our need for and purposes in Christ. It means to, I get a, a reboot my system. I get I need to get saved. I need I need a drastic change in my life, and so I get saved. That's thirtyfold. In Acts chapter three, three nineteen, it says, "Repent, revive, and restore. Repent. The times of freshing will come from the presence of the Lord, and He shall send who will not sin until the restitution of all things. Repent, revive, restore. Thirty. Repent, 
60 revive, 100 restore. And if you understand my training and teaching on 30, 60, 100 fold, which I got from Bishop Ash, which he got from his fathers, but I've expounded it and, and it's really helped me understand the kingdom of God. So we go from, we, we coming through the portal of getting saved, the 30 fold realm, and that's a great realm. I acknowledge my need, my sinfulness. I need a reboot. I need to be, I need a drastic change in my life, and you're the only one that can do it. I believe that you wash me clean. You give me a reboot and reset my system. And then you walk a while, and, and if you keep going, you come into the next realm, which I call the born again experience, because, um, sometimes, we can come to God and not really be born again in a realm in the sense of Jesus talked to Nicodemus. Nicodemus said, except, you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so born again really means the ability to see the kingdom of God, to be able to perceive the kingdom of God. That's the next realm of the saved experience is to become born again. Remember Acts three nineteen, repent, revive, restore. And I remember when we came into this revival movement, repent, revive, restore. When we came into the revival movement in nineteen ninety eight, um, it was the most profound, prolific, unbelievable, realist experience that I I I wouldn't trade it for nothing. And I want everyone to experience that. But what what I've learned now is for me is the reviving was the next level of the of the awakening process which i and i the only way i could describe it to people was i just tell people i was born again again i I didn't even know how to explain it but i actually started seeing the kingdom and the power and glory of god and i saw something in the spirit i finally saw and i've been walking with god a long time and i thought i had new things and i thought i had to do it but i worked on my own salvation with fear and trembling for years and years and years i fasted i prayed i followed the son of man up this mountaintop and at some point i became revived became born again started seeing something but in this process becoming born again into the next level to the from the 60 to the 100 there is a sleepy time and uh it is in the sleeping process uh, where God extracts something from us to help us. And it was Adam, Adam, that was put to sleep in Genesis. In order, and it says it was a slumber. God caused them to be asleep. And while he slept, God took a rib from Adam and made, made woman. God made his helpmate. God extracted and God manifested and extracted his help me. In other words, his help, his ability to be productive, his ability to fulfill God's will was extracted in when he was asleep. And so many out there don't realize in Isaiah it says God has put a spirit of slumber upon the people that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not hear. And when God puts you asleep, there's no way to wake you up and that's what the prophetic voice has come today today to try to be the alarm clock to say wake up wake up we're okay we're only sleeping and in this process of coming to the next level so we we get saved we get born again and then and the and i believe for me today the 
the final frontier is to be fully awakened because in the mountain of transfiguration in Luke chapter 9 says they were fully awake they remained awake and they were fully awake and and Paul used this uh, terminology a lot and I didn't really I'm I'm coming even into another understanding of it where he says awake to awake to righteousness and sin not awake unto Christ and put on Christ and when Peter was in prison in, in the book of Acts Peter was put into prison and the people prayed and what was Peter doing he was asleep so in the process of going from one level to another Peter Peter was asleep and while he was asleep in the prison between two chains he was bound by two chains and and that's a whole nother teaching in itself but I want you to know that the angel of God the messenger the message came to him in prison while he was asleep and hit him on the side and said wake up Peter wake up and the message can come and wake you up. But when he waked, when he woke up, he said, get dressed. Put, in other words, put on Christ. Wake up, get dressed, get up and get out, walk out of here. And he supernaturally was delivered from a realm of sleeping by a messenger that had a message. And that's, that's, what we're, that's where we're coming to today. They saw his glory. When they were fully awake, they saw his glory. So we, if you can bear with me, if you can follow me and track with me here, we follow the Son of Man, humanity of God, up the mountaintop of revelation, of process, of ascension. We humanly use our strength to get up to the mountaintop. We humanly do everything in our power to follow the Son of Man, and he leads us to a place where we actually fall asleep because it is impossible for man to save God he must save us it's impossible for us to stand with him when yet he can stand with us in our weakness he is made strong and when they fell asleep it says they were awake Luke nine thirty two says and when they were awake they saw his glory and the men and I want to stop here with this thought. The early father said this. They saw his glory. They saw his very being. They saw the power of his majesty. They saw the essence of the almighty. They came to a realm of indescribable words. There's no way they could describe what they had seen, what they experienced, what they came to understand, what they saw with their open eye. They saw the glory and majesty and power of God. And when you see that, it, 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 it doesn't, you know, the reality of my destiny, my purpose, my gift, my calling and all that, that's great. But it comes, becomes secondary to seeing this thing, this greatness, this, this thing, as, as Gabriel told Mary, this holy thing, this rhema, the manifestation. So when they were awakened, they saw him as he was. That's what I want. That's the point I want to say today. First John three. We know that when he shall manifest, we shall see him as he is, because we shall be like him. And and my my reality to share with you today is that you cannot see him 
without already being like him. So something happened in the waking up process. And in the waking up process, <laughs> they actually, in other words, you see him as he is because you are already like him. So as you're restoring his likeness and his image in you, you're seeing him as he is. And the early father says this, and I want to see him as he is. I don't want to see him as the end of days, which is great. And I don't want to see him, which is a miracle worker, which is even better. I mean, I don't want to see him only as that. I want to see him how he wants me to see him and in his glory and his splendor. The one who made the heavens and the earth. The, I mean, I can't even imagine what that would look like or feel like or to embrace that realm of energy and essence. But the early fathers, now I want to read this to you. This is what, this is how we started. Beloved, now we, and I'm declaring that now you are a son and daughter of God. It does not appear what you're going to be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Huh. We shall be like him because we see him as he is. So to see him as he is, is to be like him. Listen to this translation. Yes, dear friends, we are already God's children. And we can't even imagine what we will be like when Christ returns. But we do know that when he comes, we will be like him. For we will see him as he really is I want to see him as he really is the only way is because I'm becoming more like him you cannot see him in this new realm without becoming like what you see you do that by following the humanity of God up the mountaintop using your human strength you know when you climb mountains it's, it's brutal it's hard you have to carry your resources with you because there's nothing to live on up there I don't know if you know this. We used to go hiking all the every year. We took a ten to twelve day journey in the mountaintops of of New Mexico, which is um, it was the I, I think it's called Wheeler's Peak. It's the highest point in New Mexico, and you can actually see Colorado from there. And it's amazing. But I want you to know, the higher up you go into the mountain, the less physical resources there is to sustain you. And so you have to bring your resources with you. And if you don't, you'll run out. And what we would always do is, is backpack, bring every, all of our resources with us for a 10-day journey. You can, you can imagine. And then we began rationing. Hello, somebody. Hello. Hello. Um, what is it? And the parable of the oil and the ten virgins. And they came and said, give us of your oil. And they said, not so, because we have learned to ration. So we ha you have to go to the high place in God following the Son of Man. You had to bring your own rations. You had to start rationing it out. And there was, there was times I remember fasting on the top of Wheeler Peak for three or four days and just riding. And the higher up you go, there's no trees. There's no more water. There's nothing but... but there's just nothing. There's no sustainable life the higher up you go. But water changes forms. In other words, you go from water down on the bottom 
to snow up on the top. So the, the, the word that you get on the bottom is in a different form on top. And the, the water you get down at the bottom is in a different form when you get on top. There's so many correlations to what I'm trying to tell you. And here's, what, here's the reality of what's happened. The disciples fell asleep. Um, they were enjoying their slumber. But when they were awake, we don't know how they woke up. We don't know when they were, woke up. We don't know why they woke up. All we know is they woke up. All we know is that's the only time in the New Testament that that word was used. They woke up. And the early father said these words. And now it makes perfect sense to me. When they saw him in his glory, they saw him for who he was all along. But the problem was, he did not change. And beloved, I'm telling you right now, he did not change. He never changes. He is fully God and fully man at the same time. The early father said he did not change, but rather they were changed. Because you can't see him as he really is without changing into his image and likeness. When they saw his glory, they changed. And they changed to a realm that they could see him as he really is. I just wonder if they would have looked at each other, what they would have looked like. The early father says God turned them wrong side out. And they saw from the inside out for the first time in their life. And it was such an encounter and experience and expression that they had a glimpse of what their life could and would be in him. So repent, revive, restore. To be saved, to be born again, to be awakened, to see the glory of God. You're not going to see the glory of God till we become into this awakened state. That's, that's where I'm coming at today. And so we have followed the humanity of God into a high place, into a realm of no sustainable resource, so that we might fall asleep and we might become awake again. The beauty about being awake means you must first be asleep. So to awake to righteousness... He's writing to Christians. It's not writing to pagans. It's not writing to the worldly people. He's writing to believers and says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. In other words, come to another realm of the awakening. Beloved, don't fear falling asleep because once the slum at the end of the slumber is an awakening process. God bless. I hope it's been a blessing. Uh, feed on it pass it on. Um, Write me, let me know what's, how you're doing. God bless. Bye.